Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook. It's good to be in your company again. Christian Basics, the series continues. A Bible college lecturer said two things to his students who were grappling with grammar as they attempted to learn New Testament Greek. The first was that they should study Greek a little and often, and the second was, use it or you will lose it. In other words, if they were going to understand Greek, then they had the responsibility to study it often and to make use of it regularly. Now, not only does that sound like good advice as far as learning a new language was concerned, but it's also good advice in this matter of personal holiness that John Hall has been showing us from the Bible in our Christian Basic series here on Serving Today. We have a great deal of responsibility ourselves to study the subject often and to apply it not only just to our own lives, but also to the lives of those we teach the Bible to on a regular basis. Now, you'll remember that John Hall likened the Bible's teaching on holiness to the journey a rocket makes to another planet. First, there's the liftoff, which he likened to when we first become followers of Jesus. And secondly, there's the long journey through space, which John equated to the period of our lives between our conversion and being taken to heaven at our death. And it's this second stage that we are looking at just now. Derek French asked John if he would explain precisely what our responsibilities are in living holy lives. What is it that God expects from each believer? Well, let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Listener, if you've got a Bible... Turn with me to that passage because we're going to look at a whole chunk of scripture now. We're going to start at verse 3. See if you can follow the reading as I go through this. The passage tells us God has given us Christians all we need to make progress. But then with those resources, the passage also tells us to make every effort. So let's start then in 2 Peter 1 and verse 3. It says... His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You see, we can make no excuses. God has equipped us to be godly, to please him. He has equipped us to make progress in holiness. Well, how has he equipped us? Well, Peter goes on to tell us, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. In other words, through our conversion. We've been called by grace into fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And Peter goes on to say, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them, through the Scriptures, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So God's power that's brought about our conversion, our salvation, And God's word, which God has enabled us to understand, helps us flee, deal with, put to death the corruptions of evil desires. Because we have everything necessary for life and godliness, Peter goes on. For this reason, 
make every effort. We're required to put maximum effort into what comes next. And then he goes on to say, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. We are to put effort into all these things to develop this sort of character. It's a long, long list of lovely characteristics which have got to be added to our lives and developed as we use the resources God has given us. Then he says in verse 8, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, notice that, increasing measure, the progressive nature of the change. You just don't suddenly become completely self-controlled. You may, in prayer and diligence, have to work at your temper, for instance, within the home for a long period of time before you're self-controlled. But you are to make that effort and to make that progress. And he says if you possess these qualities in increasing measure in verse 8, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read on in your Bibles to verse 11 and notice that Peter says in verse 10, if you do these things, you will never fall. We have a responsibility to make the effort to learn the truth and to practice it, pursuing goodness and brotherly kindness and love. John, something else we read of in the Bible is what's come to be known as spiritual warfare. In a sense, this is what you've already been talking about. But can you direct us to a Bible passage that encapsulates what this involves for the believer? Yes, Derek. We've been looking in the past few questions at conflict within us, with our own indwelling sin and temptation. But the conflict within us is often stimulated by the evil forces outside us, with the devil and his forces. And this is well described, this spiritual warfare, in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. And could you read that for us, please, Derek? Yes, certainly. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. So we see this spiritual warfare described there very vividly in terms of a Roman soldier with armour. In order to withstand these rulers and authorities of this dark world, we're urged to put on the whole armour of God, the armour that God has provided for us so that we can stand and not be washed away by the devil's wiles and schemes and power. 
And as you picture that Roman soldier, he starts with the belt of truth. The belt holds all the rest of the armour together. And so God's word that we need to understand helps us understand how to deal with the devil. And then there's that breastplate of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness that is produced by a godly life. Our feet have on them shoes which enable us to hold firmly to the ground of the gospel. Then there's that shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. We're able to trust in God rather than be unsettled by what the devil throws at us. There's the helmet of salvation. And then the only piece of armour that is the aggressive weapon is the sword, which is likened to the word of God. We're able to use the word of God just as Jesus did in his temptation to slaughter the devil, to resist him, to put him to flight. And all these things are to be put on by prayer, by praying with the help and assistance of the Holy Spirit. And so we see here the word of God and prayer helps us to know how to and enables us also to defeat the devil. James also tells us in James 4 and verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. That's a very vivid illustration, isn't it? Imagine you're out high up on the grasslands and then suddenly the grass moves and you become wide awake. It flicks. You catch a, a view of a lion crouching there. You become very, very much more wide awake and alert, ready to act, ready to flee. That's the picture. Peter tells us the devil is prowling round like that, like a lion, like a roaring lion. Suddenly the lion roars as he gets ready to jump. But you're prepared because you've been awake and alert and quickly you go inside a safe shelter. So Peter tells us how to deal with this lion. He says, resist him, standing firm in the faith. The shelter round us isn't bricks and mortar, but the shelter round us is our Lord Jesus Christ, and we by faith are united to him, and therefore able to resist the power of the devil. So as we progress in this holiness, what changes will we see in our lives, John? Well, there'll be positive and negative changes. Things, as we have seen, that we have to put to death and get rid of, and things that we have to develop, good things. We've already seen that as putting to death sin and making every effort to add all those qualities that Peter spoke about to our lives. But we're going to look again, at some of the more positive and negative statements. For instance, in Ephesians 4.25, we are told to put off falsehood. In verse 31, we're told to get rid of all bitterness, things that have to be driven out of our lives. And the positive, in Ephesians 5.1 and 2, we are told to live a life of love, to be like Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, these two things are put together in those famous verses that led to the conversion of one of the most famous theologians the church has known, Augustine of Hippo. Derek's going to read to us Romans thirteen, eleven to 14. 
and do this, understand the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness, and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. As Christians, we're to wake up, put off the deeds of darkness, and be clothed with Christ. In the most negative and the positive aspects, we have a responsibility to be active and to be doing these things. Listener, are you active in putting to death sin? Could you give me an example? Are you active in putting on Christ? Also, could you give me an example? We need to be disciplined in thinking about these things and actually doing what the Scriptures command us. Well, thank you for being with us here on Serving Today. We're always pleased to receive your messages and answer any questions you may have about the programme. Our details follow shortly. Until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye, and may God bless you. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.